1: Song facts. Get you some facts right here Get you some Hello 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast I am your host Corey O'Flanagan and thank you so much for being here As always, if you want to take a quick minute and leave us a nice review, we would certainly appreciate that. Come and find me. Give me feedback. I love learning and trying to get better at this. I know it's not perfect, but we just thank you for listening. As always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. And I'd like to start just to take a moment to reflect, as this is our 100th episode It seems crazy to say that I'm just so grateful to have been able to continue to do this show for so long and have learned so much along the way. I've spoken to some truly amazing people and been introduced to incredible music, and that's really just what I love, so thank you so much for listening. And I really can't think of music I would rather talk about than the music of the Grateful Dead and specifically songs written by Robert Hunter and Jerry Garcia. If you don't know O'Teal Burbridge, you should. O'Teal has been around the jam band scene for a long time, and most recently played bass with Dead & Company, who had their last tour, maybe, over the summer. O'Teal decided to make the album Lovely View of Heaven, which is eight tunes written by the Hunter Garcia duo, and more specifically, eight ballads. You can hear O'Teal's jazz influence all over this record, and I have to say, his singing is on point as well. You're also going to learn that O'Teal has his own podcast called Comes a Time that covers a wide range of things, obviously music, but also UFOs and mental health, so definitely check that out, and please enjoy O'Teal Burbridge.
0: Stella Blue
1: Oh, Teal, man, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I, I really appreciate it. We had our bumps along the way, but we're here now, and that's really all that matters. Um, <laughs> that's right. I had Definitely. the opportunity to go up into the mountains um, two days ago. I live in Colorado, and I, I listened to the album on my drive up there, and what a perfect, nice. chilled-out set of songs to listen to on a nice little mountain drive. You did an awesome job. First question.
0: Thank you.
1: You got such a large like, songbook here to go through, how did you pick which tracks you wanted on this? Like, I, it's, it's an impossible decision-making journey, in my opinion.
0: You know, uh, this will be a theme, probably, in all of the questions. But that lyric, uh, let your life proceed by its own design, is something that just comes up over and over again. So literally, right up until the very last song that i was recording or the second to last song it kept changing Hmm. so i it never there was we ran out of time is the short answer really (laughs) so that defined what we put out because the second to last song was to lay me down which is a song that i've done a bunch with my band and um it just it was the second to last song we were doing. And it just wasn't working. Like songs that I hadn't sung hardly at all, comparatively, yeah. um, were coming out just fine. And to lady to lay me that maybe I felt overconfident about, like I, I got this one, let's knock it out, you know, wouldn't work. Fortunately, at my age, I was like, abandon this. Come back to it if there's time come back just stop don't beat your head against this wall trying to even get one verse out just stop go on to mission in the rain hmm. so to lay me down didn't make it on the record because my voice was starting to give and we ran out of time so i it never <laughs> you know.
1: so it was just the vocal track that you just you just didn't feel comfortable with what you were putting down as a vocal track is that right the music was there Yeah, we did all the
0: music first. So I demoed everything at home. Piano, bass, uh, lead vocal, background vocals, and a Uh click track. And we cut to that. I sent all that to all the musicians, because everybody's out on the road with all these different gigs, and I'm doing whatever I'm doing. I sent it out to everyone, and they did their homework. And when we got there, we cut to those tracks, we just took away the bass and the keyboards. And so I wouldn't have to sing it at the same time that I was playing the bass. I could be free okay. to interpret it on bass the way I wanted to separately from me singing it. So when you have to multitask, the bass suffers immediately. It just goes into automatic pilot and mm. I'm not going to take any chances or anything like that, you know. Um, and so yeah it was it sounded complete because we had those back the vocal lead vocals and background vocals and while i'm cutting the tracks so the last two days we just did all i replaced all the lead vocals we ended up keeping all the background vocals that i did at home which i was surprised but the producer was like these are fine like why we got to spend more time recutting them i was like okay yeah and um So I had, you know, it's the first time I'm ever singing lead on a record for the whole record and it's all ballads and I'm doing (laughs) eight tunes the last two days. And so I think it was supposed to work out that way because my voice was starting to go on Mission in the Rain Mm -hmm. and it actually helped the track, I think. Because you can hear me having to reach for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and hear me. You can't tell, but you can feel it like I'm in prayer the whole time. Like, help me hit this note. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please let me hit it. But I think it actually helped the song. And I think in retrospect, that's why To Lay Me Down is not on there. But you just have to let it proceed by its own design. You have to let life play out the way it wants to because you know you've been old enough to know you can make all the plans in the world and there's just the current goes somewhere else yep.
1: that's so true and that kind of helps me get into this because you keep talking about where you recorded this you uniquely recorded this at a studio in iceland which i yeah. felt was like this serendipitous thing because when peter from pantheon connected us my wife and i were in iceland we just got back from <laughs> a little. So uh we just got back from a little work trip there doing some photo and video for a company. And I was like, and Peter was like, yeah, he recorded it in Iceland. And I was like, oh, wow. So this was just kind of like, we were, we were meant to come together right now. I, that's the way I feel about it. So I, I how was your experience there? Did, that, did you feel like being on that just unique island had any sort of impact on this?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, this is uh, go with the flow uh thing too i live in south florida on purpose because it never gets cold (laughs) (laughs) and i love that (laughs) so my manager was like hey man we should really think about recording this record at the studio in iceland i was like "Eh." (laughs) hard no you know now i had seen floki studios because a bunch of my friends recorded there um, and even since Joe Russo's gone, mono neon, like, you know, but before George Porter, Nikki Glaspie, uh, a bunch of people, you know, and I had done the, this gig in the Bahamas with this, um, billionaire guy that has all these properties everywhere. And they were building the studio. We're talking about building it so i've i was like can we do it in the bahamas instead of iceland <laughs> <laughs> but everybody had recorded there and had such a good thing so i said well when when are we talking about ben you know and it ended up being like december <laughs> which is
1: oh god december
0: in iceland okay but that's my, my wife's birthday is december 9th okay. she had never been to iceland i had never been to iceland it's not like it was super high up like in Colorado where I can't breathe also while I'm cold. Um, and we were like, let's just embrace it. You know, it looks magical. Let's make it a birthday trip. First time we've both of us have been, uh, to do, to do that. And, uh, it was, man, as soon as we got there, uh, it was very apparent you know the the video that you see that's literally right outside the studio oh really like the arctic ocean is right there like you could go run into it from the front door of the studio oh wow and and those crazy guys they surf out there they have like dry suits they surf there's a bunch Man, of slaughterhouse. we house. got
1: into some stuff it's crazy the locals how they're just like Weather conditions do not matter to them. I was I was really impressed with that. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, <laughs> high time has got to be one of my favorite dead ballads. Oh,
0: you didn't mean goodbye. You meant. a
1: hard time talk to me about your experience with this too and how did it make it onto the to the track list I, I just love this version of it every everything in this you can definitely get your jazz roots in this album from what i can hear there's just this smoothness to it Dude. that i think that that brings and especially with this song it's such a unique um version of it so how did this one make the cut
0: well, this was an interesting tune because when I started singing like China doll and comes the time. Um, a bunch of people, friends, uh, fans would suggest songs to me to sing, and so I just made this huge playlist on YouTube and then I would just play it around the house and whatever hit me the strongest I would work on that next and. um I got so many songs from people, I was up to my eyeball and yeah. I don't know, you know, I'm still new to the catalog and um, a bunch of people had said high time and I listened to it and it just didn't really hit me. So finally, you know, I think maybe even a a year or two, maybe, I don't, I, I'm bad with time now since the pandemic. Um, Jeff Comenti. Came to me and he said, "Man, I really think you should check out High Time." He was like, "I can just hear your voice doing that song," and I was like, "Man, so many people have told me that," and I just it didn't hit me. So I did it, it out of that big list. It just wasn't on there yet. So I I made a note to just learn it because this has been the secret for me with the Grateful Dead all of us to a certain extent have preferences and my preferences are my dad's. And so that, you know, colors, everything. So if I don't hear A, B, C and D I'm like, I move on. Okay. Um, and I used to be kind of snobby about it. Like it's not (laughs) worth my time, you know, (laughs) but some things you have to learn to know. Yeah. Because if you're if you're only looking for your preferences, you're gonna miss a lot. And so when I learned High Time, I learned the music part, and then I learned the vocal, and I could not get that song out of my head for <laughs> months. Every morning, waking up, I told you, I'm like enough already. Yeah. You know, just like so. I <laughs> the next time I saw Kameni, I was like, bro. You were so right about that song.
1: Stay tuned for more Song Facts Podcast right after this.
2: Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them.
1: I think it's such a unique thing about the song catalog because I've been listening to this stuff for, you know, over 20 years and like I songs sneak up on me and I'm like, I feel like I hear it for the first time and then I just get obsessed for a while. And I don't know if there's yeah. another catalog that does that to me. And I think that's kind of the spirit of it that keeps going. It's not just like yeah. stuck in that time that it was written. It's why it continues to just expand into new stuff. Yeah. You guys with dead and co brought it into so many new ears. That was just incredible. I think I saw seven of the eight tours. I think I was seeing most of the shows in Boulder. Nice. Um, I had to miss that. My nice. cousin chose to get married that first week of July this year. So I couldn't make it, but, um, because oh, those were m-
0: good ones, man. I
1: know, Both. I know. Believe me, I watched them. <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad they're on video and audio, dude. Because, woo. Yeah, but you really yeah. got to be but there. That- There's something about that stadium with those mountains. I don't know what the views like from the stage, but you guys get the mountains, the sunset. It is just an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, it's it's beautiful,
1: and and I think you're right. This
0: these songs, in this catalog, is very much like jazz in that way. Um, Over a long period of time, something will clobber you over the head that you've known about for a long time, but it just didn't strike you that hard yet, you know? And then you just have a love affair with it. And uh, so now I try to just like be open to everything. And that's hard because there's a lot of things like the older I get, if it's a really loud, loud volume, I have a, I don't last as long. I'm like, man, this is just loud constantly. Like, I can't do this for an hour, you mm-hmm. know? Like I need some rise and fall, some ebb and flows, some contrast, but still you have to take things, you know, like, like if I go see, you know, ACDC, like we know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Know? <laughs> I know what I'm signing up for. You're <laughs> ready for long and loud. You could be in the mood for it, right, you know, so. I'm trying to cultivate that attitude, like, with everything. And certainly, but, like, you know, with China Doll, I think was the first one that really grabbed me, and I was like. A pistol shot
2: at 5
0: o'clock, the bells of heaven ring. Oh, these are jazz songs. Tell you know, high time is a jazz tune. I know. mean, really, it's a country song. But the, as far as structurally, like the chord changes, um, you like to solo over that you have to know how to play changes it's not like playing over a blues form or a one chord jam or a two chord yeah, jam. Yeah. these things twist and turn it's a very unusual structure for a verse or a solo i mean this is why you have this amazing uh magical non-coincidence of jerry garcia and robert hunter meeting because you put those two things together and Whoa, over and over and over and over again.
1: Like and it's just- so rare in musical history, from what I know, that two people who one lyricist, one puts the music to the lyrics, yes. like that kind of synergy is almost impossible to find to and like the magic that they've created doing it. It's you know, it's um Elton John Bernie Taupin, that kind of thing, they're there too. Yeah. But it's so rare to have that happen. Like usually the person writing is doing both or it's more collaborative, but it would literally be yeah. like Hunter turns over a notebook, Jerry's like, "I'll make music to that." It's just wild.
0: It's a unbelievable team they have. I've seen it with like uh maybe Motown mm. where you have like it's a little different because a lot of times it's a three-parter. It's the songwriter and then whoever is doing the arrangement the music part who's who usually who knows the piano the best yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the band in general you know what i mean yeah so you have a lot of uh but the bands work very closely the bands are a big part of writing the music because like in motown stuff you know the bass lines are very important Mm -hmm. so yeah the lyricist and the songwriter might have written those the that structure you know the the skeleton of the song and the lyrics but the bands really put so much around that skeleton and turned it into one beautiful beautiful woman and man after another yeah you know but yeah, there's there's I'm sure we can find a couple of songwriting teams, but very few, very few like Garcia
1: Hunter. Yeah. We are in Barlow.
0: That's <laughs> true right, too. You know.
1: That's true too. And <laughs> right? two of them in one band. Incredibly. In one
0: band, like, get out of here. You gotta be kidding me. Like, wow. Yeah.
1: Um <laughs> reminder that we're with otiel Burbridge. He does all sorts of different projects. He's actually gonna be going on tour here for a couple weeks. So um We'll have that in the show notes when this releases, he'll be out there. So if he's coming near you, go check it out. Um, the new album is Lovely View of Heaven, which is a great little excerpt that you pulled out of there. I, I really like that. Um, I got two more for you. You've got a podcast too. You want to just give us a little tidbit about that and uh, what what you got going on on your show? Yes. Our,
0: our podcast is called Comes a Time and it's on the Pantheon Network we're really excited about, uh, we, we just signed up with them. We took about a six month break and uh, man, it's been so much fun to get back into it. Cause I, I think it was a real gift of the pandemic. Um, I know a bunch of people started podcasts, obviously, but so many people were home to talk to. Yeah, And we got addicted to being able to have conversations like this, like, yep. I don't need to, it doesn't need to be anyone famous. It doesn't need to be, you know, like we don't technically we're a music podcast. Like Pantheon is a music podcast network. Mm-hmm. But we uh we talk about professional wrestling, aliens, <laughs> UFOs, like a lot of psychedelic stuff, lots of mental health. Like okay. everything comes back to mental health. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no matter what subject it is um and obviously we do music and comedy because my podcast partner mike finoya is a stand-up comedian and a producer for impractical jokers oh wow so when we started out we mostly musicians and comedians because that's who we had in our phone the easiest then we started reaching out to other people to say I wonder if we could get this person. You know, it's like, hey, I see this guy's got a new book out. Like, you know, so we ended up having Avi Loeb, who is the head of the astronomy department at Harvard, on what? talking about aliens. Oh my god! I was like, this is shit cool. I love yeah. this podcast. I like having your own <laughs> TV show, you know. <laughs> so yeah, we had some doozies, man. Paul Stamets, who's one of my heroes, the mycelium expert you know and um just so many different things man we had diamond dallas page on the professional wrestler, oh God, talking about high. his yoga program right yeah so we got a professional wrestler talking about yoga and we're all oh into God. mental health and every you know it's like i love it the podcast is like my church <laughs> you
1: know, it can great. be it can be very therapeutic just to like have these i feel like when i get into these conversations there's so much um there can just be when you get the openness going and the conversation just flows, you come out the other side of it and you, you hit stop on the record button and you're just like, Oh, that felt good. Like it just is this like oh, euphoric thing that you get out of it. It's a lot like, probably like, you know, not anything like playing in front of a stadium full of people, but in the same way you get on the other side of it and you're just like, whoo, that was something. I think it's
0: very much like a, although maybe it's a yin yang. Um Yeah. Cause it's just about connection. And so a stadium is, you know, obviously a huge number and this is just two, you know, but it's the same connection. Like I feel just as great afterwards.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Last question. Dead and co as we know, it is no longer, but, um, I feel like there's going to be something that carries on there always is, but there is something coming up here. Um, in January. So if people are wanting to see more of this lineup or something similar uh, dead ahead going on down in uh, near Cancun, this looks like an incredible weekend of music. What what brought this together and what, what can people expect?
0: Well, I think it was, you know, obviously just everybody's still wanting to play. Demand is there. So, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we're not done yet, you know, So I think Dead Ahead will be an example or is an example. Well, I have to say will be because until it happens. Yeah, yeah. Until it actually happens. (laughs) um, I think it will be an example of what to expect in the future, which is something different maybe every time. Like, we don't know. Um, I don't know. I just found out about it recently myself, like really recently. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, cool well i haven't booked anything in january yet so we're all clear perfect so um yeah i hope that uh whatever the lineup is that we end up doing something but we'll have to see like i don't know this was a surprise to me and so anything after it will be a further surprise but you know i'm gonna be there i'm pretty sure comente and Jay Lane are going to be there, you know, Bob and Mick call us, we're going to come, <laughs>
1: you know, that easy. that's
0: how it goes. So, <laughs> yeah. It's just that easy. Like you guys want to do it. Let's do it. I'll be out here doing it with my band or we can do it together.
1: <laughs> oh, I really like it. Um, everyone go check out this new album. I've been fortunate enough to be able to listen to it. It's so good. Um, it's out. It's streaming buy it get it however you can get it but it's if you like this music you're going to love this album otil this is my 100th episode man i really appreciate you coming on oh. and chatting with me about my favorite music so thank you so much okay. and um you know maybe uh maybe we'll do it again down the road i, I really appreciate your time
0: absolutely i hope we get to do it in person cuz all this zoom stuff is great and i love the connection and i just always hope that we could repeat it in person live with each other <laughs> you know? thank you right.
1: thank you to otiel for the guys over at pantheon for setting up this facts. interview what an awesome album what an awesome guy right. please check out lovely view of heaven and as always for the stories behind the songs go to songfacts.com see ya get your song facts. get your song facts back